0: to the Future Proof Podcast. This is our monthly podcast where we chat about stuff we've been working on and things we're going to be doing soon. I'm Melissa.
1: And I'm Gregory.
0: And we have been doing a few fun things this past month.
1: Yeah, so I think last month we talked about the job editor stuff we were working on where we're making an internal tool to create new jobs or stories, quests in Exploit Zero Day, our... Mm -hmm. Social puzzle hacktivism game. <laughs> uh, and we ran into a few uh, roadblocks there where basically there's just a lot of interconnected bits on jobs. Yeah, Like yep. there's jobs and there's messages in jobs and each message has some choices and the choices lead to other things, etc. And it proved real complicated to do using Django, which is our backend uh, web system.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love Python, but Django's form stuff is infuriating
1: yeah it's just it's kind of old school
0: right right
1: and so we finally looked at everything we're like hey it'll probably be faster to redo this in a front-end framework Mm -hmm. and you know there'll be the extra time of resetting everything up but the actual implementation will be much faster so we switched to using ember Mm -hmm. ember js which is a i don't know it's barely even new at this point It's it's sort of the it's actually
0: kind of i mean it's Almost one of the first gen, strangely yeah, it's, enough. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a well established. I guess not first uh, gen. But yeah, not first gen. Second it's not gen. like knockout. No, but it's but it's, but it's better than Angular in my opinion. It's, but it's um, um,
0: contemporaneous with Angular JS. It is, yes. Which is bizarre.
1: Um, but it's it's cool. It lets you do easy display of data that comes mm-hmm. back from the back end. We're able to use the Django REST framework, which is a very good library for just like throwing data out to a web browser uh, yeah. that the browser itself is going to process. So I think that was a successful switch. Yeah. I think things are going much faster now.
0: I think so. And it's uh, doing this, which is like the second half attempt of me doing anything in Ember is yeah. also helping me learn newer Angular, which I'm doing for the day job. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they're, they're, it's all
0: components. It's all very modern, proper JavaScript. it's so.
1: converged a bit.
0: Yeah. So it's pretty fun. Um, we do however get to pour one out yes for our dead homie that is the trademark application <laughs> yep so we
1: we applied to trademark the majesty of colors which mm-hmm. is a recent game we released
0: and we got like rejections quasi rejections like not final action you can't appeal this but like, hey, we think it's going to be confusing. I think we talked about it a couple yeah, months ago. and
1: we, we sent a big thing on it mm-hmm. and it got back that, okay, fine, we, we don't think there's going to be confusion anymore, but...
0: But the picture that you sent, like the specimen of it in commercial use, was from the Flash version, which yep. is in browser. Yeah. We classify the game as a downloadable game. That sounds fine. Sounds like you would just give a different picture... Except that the game is released after we submitted the trademark application. Yeah. And you submit a different kind of trademark application if you have not put it in commercial use yet.
1: So we thought it was bo- it was cool that the mark was in commercial use, even though the category was different. Uh-huh. But it turns out that is not the case.
0: Right. And any way to kind of patch that up would require more money. Um, and so, after yeah. some some sad discussions some ponderous thoughts <laughs> we decided to just cancel it that it wasn't worth and putting more money into it
1: yeah it was one of those sending good money after bad things like yeah. majesty is not making enough for us to justify trademark protecting it right like right. if we spend all the all of our income on it on right. making sure that we get all the income on it that doesn't <laughs> doesn't exactly uh, make sense financially
0: exactly so um you can. I could have let the time run out. It would have like sat for six months, um, but that seemed kind of uncool because that lawyer would have had like this thing sitting on her docket yeah. for like five more months. She seemed cool. She seemed cool. Um, so I just went ahead and like formally closed it and, and canceled it. So
1: yeah.
0: Now we get another deluge of obnoxious emails.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they'll stop now that they realize that I'm, it's over.
0: I'm just marking spam at this yeah, point. Yeah. Well,
1: true <laughs> enough. A lot of uh, lawyers uh, are keep hitting us up being like we can give you legal advice on your trademark thing
0: we saw you got an office action would you like help with that just for blankety blankety blank blank
1: mildly tempting i at least understand why someone would answer one of those spam emails yeah but we didn't let that slow us down too much uh i speaking of the our earlier oh god upgrade Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i worked on a big upgrade to kind of our infrastructure our deployment infrastructure yeah where <laughs> we had been using a, a SAS framework
0: compiler, Tra- uh, transpiler, transpiler. Uh,
1: I mean, it's it, it, it's a combination SAS library and also
0: yeah well, tool for it's part rendering. It's
1: uh, part anyway. of its
0: problem, yeah, it was a
1: complicated thing, um, but it hadn't been updated since 2014.
0: Yeah, basically. So, like in kind of our monthly maintenance, we have a a checklist that we do, we're like, oh let's check the versions on various libraries we're using and make sure things are fine. And I think there was a while where we were updating this tool and then we finally just kinda got overloaded with other projects and, and eventually we came back and we were like, this thing hasn't updated in a long time.
1: Yeah. And so this is this is what changes our our SAS styles into CSS styles, the mm-hmm. colors and layouts of our of our web pages. And it was finally time where we went, hey, let's figure out how to take this out. And it wasn't too bad because one of the major reasons we had Compass was for browser compatibility. Yep. And the approach to that has changed since then over the last five, <laughs> oh. six years before it was since it was made. Like yes. Compass is older than four years. Yes. Um. So we're now able to use Auto Prefixer, mm-hmm. which is a standard way of making sure that all your appropriate browsers are supported with your styles. And all of our compilation and minification and so on is happening in Grunt, right. which is a task runner. And so we are able to take Ruby out of the project oh entirely because we were running oh Compass with Ruby. And so it, it, at one point on one project, we had Django, Ruby, Node, oh. uh, multiple front-end frameworks. But now it's all just one simple Grunt, Grunt watch.
0: And Ruby... So I haven't done serious Ruby development in literally eight years like since like rails was like rails three mm-hmm. and i don't even know what number it's on now but um the like setting up an environment for ruby we were always on old we're on ruby one point whatever mm-hmm.
1: it's one of those that has like an
0: and it wants an environment manager version. yeah yeah and it wants an environment manager just like we use virtual env for for python so it's like i don't care about rb V and is that even the thing anymore like i don't know so we would just have like these environment problems when our hosting provider updated all their server software mm-hmm. we were down for hours and hours and hours like a long time in part due to ruby things being out of date or out of sync with what we had kind of been relying on
1: which is not really a hit against ruby per se it's just that ruby was this side thing we were using in addition to a bunch of other tech
0: it's totally our problem for like not keeping up on that
1: yeah not like it was just too much for us to keep up with. yes
0: yes we had a lot of project going on this is when we were running Mm. multiple projects at a time as well as trying to do maintenance and stuff like that so um it annoys me to have it to have compass there still so every time i open one of these projects now i'm like when are we getting rid of compass and
1: but everything has been stripped out Uh, we have one unified way of doing all front end preparation and deployment yep so
0: which matches what we've been doing in our professional day jobs for the last yeah which is yeah
1: the standard (laughs) way of doing things now
0: yeah um so compass was good pour one out for it too i guess yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it served us well um and the latest big, last big thing we've been working on has been um, a one-shot that we're going to be running at the end of this month.
1: For those of you who aren't into tabletop or live-action role-playing games,
0: yes, it doesn't involve any guns. Yeah, it's a, it's
1: a, it's a like a campaign. Mm-hmm. It's a game of a role-playing game that you run, but it's designed to be done in one session.
0: Right. So anywhere from two to four hours. Yeah. Um, for like. Three or four people and a person that's a, your storyteller or narrator. And then it's done. Um, and you could ostensibly like take those characters and keep playing with them. Mm-hmm. But it's designed to be a complete story in that one session. Um, and so the kind of in vogue thing is uh, to do this on Twitch.
1: Yeah, we're <laughs> using it to promote Rosette Diceless, which mm-hmm. is our consensus-based role-playing system.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and that is September 30th which is a Sunday. I don't actually have the time of day, which I should.
1: should, Oh yeah. We should figure that out.
0: Yeah. Um, but, um, make sure to follow us on, uh, Twitter or Facebook. We will definitely be posting, um, once we have, like, we know what channel it's going to be on, but, Mm -hmm. um, once we have a fixed schedule, there'll be a blog post and stuff like that. So
1: yeah, this game is being done with Jim Ryan, our yes. good friend, who's also one of our playtesters for Rosette. Mm-hmm. You can find out more about him at jim yes that gym dot com. <laughs>
0: um, and he is he is currently a, a very regular streamer of oh, yeah. of role playing games. Um, so he's he's cool. Really excited to do it. I'm nervous. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be running it. Um, so that's nerve wracking. Um and as we were thinking about like what kind of what kind of plot do you want right like what's the setting how much do you want to to put in how, what's an appropriate like capsule size thing for a for a one shot of Rosette? you want to show off the system without mm-hmm. getting too bogged down in setting you know and so i went through a few ideas some of them dealing with um sort of fantasy settings mm-hmm. but i don't i have a major aversion to just being like to, to putting something out there that seems like it's like oh uh the Lord of the Rings-ish type Yeah, story, Tolkien right? asks that like, like th- that's
1: not the strength of Rosette the strength of Rosette is they can handle systems and situations that other rules can't
0: right or aren't as good at exactly so after kind of bouncing around some ideas we ended up um sort of paring down to this uh what was your term? Southern, southern, southern Gothic?
1: Southern Gothic horror with a creepypasta feel?
0: Yeah, that's that's a really good. I like that. Um, so in 1971, the players go to a rural valley to find out why the uh, various elite that are funding a perfectly charitable research project uh, are dying. And uh, they'll attend a genuine southern picnic at a <laughs> immaculately well-kept, former plantation house uh where things will pretty quickly turn gruesome
1: we're inspired in in some ways by the horrific situations like the suskegee syphilis experiment yes. and other cases where marginalized and disadvantaged people were taken advantage of
0: and yeah in a way that that uh where it certainly feels like well I mean, justice was not served, right? Right. Um, and so, there's a way to put us to 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 take a situation like that and say, well, what if? <laughs> yeah, and we <laughs> want to
1: make sure to do it in a way where it's not m- m- demonizing the victims. Right. Like it's very sure. easy to do that sort of horror thing and end up with, oh, and then the people you hurt turned into monsters, right. and that's yeah. not the right way to do that no. horror because that ends up actually kind of playing into the hands of the othering of those people.
0: Exactly. Yeah, definitely not that. Um and, and I guess
1: our original inspiration was the Mask of the Red Death, right? Yeah. The Edgar Allen Poe story.
0: Yeah, which kind of led us down this path of of, you know, what was the plague in that story? Mm-hmm. Um and what does that look like. So so to step back a little bit into sort of the mechanics of the thing um, in, the Edgar, in the Edgar Allan Poe story, the the people end up separated, mm-hmm. kind of individually attacked. Um, and that doesn't really work as well in a role-playing system like ours. Yeah. Like, it's the the way that the collaboration and the improv stuff works. If you put each person in a silo and then kill them all, like, it just yeah. doesn't... Especially
1: you know, if it's set in a time when there wasn't, like, when they wouldn't have been on cell phones and Bluetooth headsets <laughs> with each other.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that didn't work like as a, you know, it wasn't just a take and do a modern interpretation mm-hmm. of that. So we had to be kind of played around with things of what's a what's a setting with a sort of veneer of gentility. And, you know, I will forever be inspired by movies like Get Out, I think, mm-hmm. at this point in my life. Like...
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sort of thinking of a mix between Get Out and the uh, Hidden Figures picnic scene those oh. the, that, those picnic scenes are what stands out in my head as like
0: what, this
1: this sort of like social situation of yes. course those were those were black picnics yes. and this is decidedly i think going to be a white picnic which is oh, a very yes. different context oh yes but but yeah that playing around with the weirdness of southern social mores
0: yeah so as far as kind of like the technicalities of how we set this up like um I'm writing this as if I were gonna do it at a table, um, except I'm pre- I'm pre-making all the characters. So I'm only gonna probably have three players in the game, but I'm probably gonna make four or five characters. So
1: they can pick and choose. Yep.
0: So folks can pick and choose. Um, but I'll have you know most of the beats set up. I'll have the kind of the conflict design, and we've we've posted some stuff before about. Um, conflict design including one of my very overwritten conflicts probably i don't know
1: there was overwritten i I think that you you prepare more than i do when it comes to preparing game sessions and conflict and so on
0: yeah so um a mixture of notes pre ginned characters a little bit of uh stuff using the roll 20 tool uh to kind of have reference stuff up like how do you calculate your defenses on the fly Mm -hmm. and stuff like that um, so I'll be doing a lot of that this weekend, kind of like getting the final bits of that nailed down. So,
1: Cool. Looking forward to probably spectating. Maybe I'll end up being roped into being a player, too. We'll Maybe. see.
0: You might be in chat helping answer questions. Yeah,
1: sure. <laughs> I'm I'd be happy to be an assistant DM.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, you can, as usual, find all of our stuff over at futureproofgames.com. You can find us over on Twitter at Play and on Facebook as Futureproof Games.
1: Hit us up in the comments if you've got any questions, if you've got any suggestions for tech or for one-shot ideas, or if you want us to run a one-shot on your streaming channel. Yep, we are happy to do so. We're we'd love to get Rosette in front of as many eyes as we can.
0: Despite my nervousness at this, at doing this. I'm, yes. Yes. <laughs> Our theme music is Juparo by Brook for Free, which is available under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. <music>